This is the Tribune Audio Network. Okay. Hi. 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 Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of this is always so good. awkward. Yeah. Or good, I mean. <laughs> Awkwardly good. Hi guys. Hi guys. Welcome to Sip, Survive, Repeat. Sip it, Survive, it, Repeat it. Don't do it again. But do it again. Okay. <laughs> Why do we like to sing and we're so bad at it. it? I love it. <laughs> All right. So, Danelle, why don't you tell me what you're drinking today? Okay. Here's the situation. <laughs> I have a sore throat. Yes. I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's the thing. I feel good. It just my throat is killing me, and I don't know why because it's a sore throat. That's why. So, wine does not sound good. Beer sounds awful. I asked them if they had a hot could make me a hot toddy. They don't have hot water, so I'm drinking Fireball. Straight. Straight. Straight Fireball, yep. this one. No ice. Just Damn, Fireball. Gina. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I like it. See you guys later. Well, I was eating a, like some sort of rice and bean bowl for lunch mm-hmm. from Goldhorn today, and so wine seemed odd with that, so yeah. I got a beer. I got this smoky IPA sitch going on. I think so. I tried that one. It's really good. Their beer here is excellent. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. So... Um, we are on episode five, five so five or five or yes. Uh, we are, uh, if you guys don't know, if you've never tuned in before, this is a survival podcast where we also are drinking during it. Hence um, the name sip survive repeat, right? That sip means we're drinking and, um, we repeat because we are doing it every week. Yep. So today's a little crazy though, because we're recording a couple eps, a couple episodes. Yeah, Jenny's going on a lavish vacation, so <laughs> we won't call it lavish. But you I'm, are. I'm going on an Apple vacation, you guys. Get <laughs> crazy. Hey, it's a vacation. That's right. All right. So rumor on the streets is I go first. That's at least what Danelle and Kenny are telling me. Yep. Do, do we want to start with uh, my personal story? Yes, I do want to start yes. with your personal story. I want to hear this. Not me personally, but... All right, but someone you know. Yes. So my dad is super lucky when it comes to surviving things. So I got the, the lowdown on a couple of his stories. Wait, before you start, yeah. are you going to tell us about, like, you grew up on a farm? Grew up on a farm, Go so ahead. he grew up on a farm, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's a creek behind our house. And his house when we were growing up. A nice. creek? A creek. I think he said a creep at first. Creek. creek. <laughs> I seriously did. <laughs> That's we're you. a real uh, creep back there. <laughs> so when he was 15, like the creek flooded and they made a homemade boat because, you know, kids. Yeah. And so his brother apparently went on it. It was fine. And then him and a friend decided to go on it. Now at the edge of this creek, there's a bridge that goes under the road with like a whirlpool that was basically like sucking things under. The friend freaked out when they got in the boat and jumped out. <gasps> so the boat capsized. Oh, no. My dad was floating down the creek, and he grabbed onto a branch from an apple tree, like, right before <laughs> he got sucked <laughs> underneath the bridge. Oh, my God. That's that's number one. Holy okay. crap. So he almost died via creek via, whirlpool and capsizing. Via creek whirlpool, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Jeez. Now, early 20s. He's okay. working, working in the shop at the farm. They were... I'm going to mess this up. It's some technical terms. Trying to push a shaft out of a bearing, like pushing them together with some machine. Okay. Sounds farmy. Yeah, yeah. It sounds a little sexual too, but go ahead. (laughs) So it was in this like enclosed case that was supposed to stop things from blowing up. Okay. Oh, smart. And there was a small slit in the 
casing, and it so happened that this bearing did explode, and a small piece of metal shot through the gap, went through my dad's pants into <gasps> his testicle. <gasps> so there was a slight pause in that because Jenny's scream was so loud she, that GarageBand stopped recording. She <laughs> broke the machine. I'm sorry. I always thought my laugh would do that, but I didn't know I was going to scream during this. So go ahead. But uh, again, got lodged in his <laughs> testicle. Mm-hmm. At first, he had no idea it was there. He kept working. And then he felt what? something warm on his leg, which ended up being blood. <laughs> oh, Mr. Steinbauer. Mr. Steinbauer. So he went to the hospital and ended up being in surgery for six hours. But they said the only reason he didn't bleed out was the metal was so hot, it corroded the artery, like the veins. <gasps> In his testicles, and it just like stopped him from it, bleeding like, out. It soldered it. Soldered it. Yeah, that's a medical term. Oh my god, no! I think that's a welding term. That's a welding term, you guys. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that soldered his nuts. It was the only reason he didn't bleed out that Damn day. Damn it! Oh my god! And this was before you were born, right? Yeah. This is still before I was born. All right, so it's it didn't affect any of the usage. Apparently not. You're here. Because you're here. Yeah, we but appreciate I that. I am here. Yay! Uh, this Teddy's one's not death, but. <laughs> Whatever. But lucky, he cut off like two of his fingers. <laughs> they were hanging on by a thread. When was Your this? Your dad? He was in his mid twenties. Oh Jesus! He drove himself to the hospital to get him sewn back on. Just so he drove he himself. Has, he has, he has them his fingers. Still? There's just some scars like around the edges. Do they work? Are they functional yeah, fingers? Yeah, they're functional. I don't know what wow. he can feel out of them, but wow. they work. Will you find out for us if yeah, you can feel out of them? I'll feel that. Figure that out. Curi- no, seriously, I'm curious. Yeah. Just go over to his house and get a pin and just. <laughs> see Your if dad, he dad, hold still. <laughs> see if he screams like I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the main story that I asked him about. Okay, okay. So at 31, he was driving a four-wheel tractor, like pulling this giant disc thing, you know, to plow up the fields. Mm-hmm. And he was driving right by the tracks because the field like ran parallel with the tracks. Horse tracks? Uh, train tracks. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he stopped at the street. Were there horse tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> horse tracks? <laughs> Sorry. Train tracks. So he stopped at the street and looked both ways to see if cars were coming, but he didn't look behind him where a train was coming. Uh oh. So he turned right and the train just <gasps> hit the tractor. Mm mm. Daddy Kenny, no. He remembered seeing yellow lines of the engine like coming to hit him, and then. Next thing he knew, he, like, saw a vision of a tunnel. He said, like, I literally <gasps> saw a tunnel. It's no. real. And then, Shit. like, he said, like, the next thing he knew, he was, like, getting pulled out. And he woke up, and his arm was stuck in the tractor cab. He got it out and crawled and walked to the road and waited for an ambulance because someone called an ambulance. His head was gushing blood, oh he said. Oh, my God. The engineer also had to be taken to the hospital because he was so shaken up for hitting my dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He got... The the tractor was pulled about a quarter mile down the track with, with your like, dad with my dad in it. Oh my God, Kenny! And this didn't ruin him either. Apparently not. He went to the hospital. Uh, he got fifty something stitches in his head. Battery acid burned half his face and part oh. of his arm and some of his clothes off. And he had a sprained shoulder from pulling his arm out of the cab. Poor guy. Wait, but you're I've seen pictures of your dad. He doesn't. I mean, he looks he, totally normal. He just heals up perfectly fine. You can't see any scars. So you're on his saying head. he's like a superhero. He's like I the guy last week that you did with oh, the yeah. seven he's like yeah. the lucky seven guy and then just just to add to this my grandpa was also hit by a train i don't know the full story of that but you it's better just, stay away from trains it's just a matter of time till i get hit kenny no stay yeah. away don't be near trains i'll try uh-uh. my best oh my that's god. insane yeah. so that was my you know local hometown story yeah. oh my god and that 
that's a great point. Like if you have any near death experience survival stories, Ooh, we want to know. That would be yeah. such a juicy one to read and to talk about. Yes. So he like saw a tunnel. He like saw the light. He's like, yeah, I saw a tunnel. And he's like, then it kind of got sucked out. He's like, it's real. Oh. That's what people see. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing oh, that. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Tell your dad we said thank you. Mr. Oh, Steinbauer. Do. Love it. I liked it when you call, called him Daddy Kenny. I know. That was weird. <laughs> Sorry, no, Kenny. Because his <laughs> name's not Kenny. What's your dad's name? Bill. Bill. Daddy Bill. Daddy, Daddy Bill. <laughs> Bill. I love short names like that. Bob, Bill, Will, Fred, Phil. Yep. All of them. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we have that amazingness out of, out of the way, holy crap. Great. Can't believe that, Kenny. Hot way to start the episode. It yeah. is. Okay, if you guys have, speaking of all that, if you guys have hometowns that you want to tell us, you guys can write to us at sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com. Yep, and we'd love to read them, so send them in. Send them in. And then we have uh, Instagram and Facebook are both sipsurviverepeat, and then Twitter is sipsurvive. So if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, we've been trying to post pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. um, Good job, just, Jenny and Kenny. You know it. Just getting stuff out there that's either survival related or just funny. Like there was a rat who got pulled out of a manhole cover because the rat got stuck because it was fat. I thought it was pretty cute. <laughs> oh, and the lady. Oh, my. Our most, our best performing thing is the lady who was on an ice throne, which I, I promise you one of these days I'm going to do is one of my stories. You have to. I'm going to, but I, ha I, I it needs to be a surprise. I don't want people to know because I posted it that that's mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So, okay. Now on to the business. Get I, into it. I love that Kenny and Danelle are all up in here with their computers, and I print this out <laughs> on the weird tan paper that comes out of my printer. Jenny's like in eighth grade. I'm in eighth grade. I actually print my book reports. They're also in 14 font again because I don't want to wear glasses. Mine is in a <laughs> bunch of different font because I like to cut and paste things and then not format oh. them the same. Oh. See, I cut and paste, and then I format, but you know I'm OCD. I know, but you're, yeah. I'm OCD. You're special like that in a good way. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. Mine's all over so. the place. All right. So the survival story I'm doing this week is, are you ready for this? I'm so excited. Three guys have to, or they crash land into a volcano. No. And live. How? Get ready. Tell me more. Ah. All right. So it was a Hollywood film crew. Ooh. All they needed was one more shot. It's always that last shot. That Every one time. more shot. So um, the scene that they had to shoot, though, was for the forthcoming thriller Sliver, starring Sharon Stone. I love that movie. I don't think I've ever seen it. You have to see it. Is it good? It's so good. I love Sharon Stone. It's well, great. I mean, who doesn't love Sharon Stone? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they had to fly what was called a Bell Jet Ranger helicopter inside the Pu-u-u-o-o crater of the Kilauea. <laughs> Um, yeah. We're sorry, Hawaii. I'm sorry. I did look those up like 30 minutes ago, but I can't say that they're right anymore. <laughs> Anywho, um, it's the world's most active volcano and it's been erupting for the past 10 years. Well, it had been. Oh. I don't know anymore. Cause this was 1992. So oh, yeah, that's about the time of Slither. Sli yes. Slither. Sliver. <laughs> Slither as I drink my fireball. All right. So there was a cinematographer, Michael Benson. He was 49. Mm -hmm. There was a technician, Chris Duddy, who is 31. 
and uh, they felt like we can pull this off. We can get the shot. We can, you know, make this movie amazing. Uh, they had a pilot named Craig Hosking, who was 34, um, and he had worked with uh, Benson, who was the cinematographer in the past for like other shots and things. So um, they did this thing for insurance. It's like basically you want to give something to the god or goddess that is. Uh, assigned to that volcano or piece oh, of land. Okay. So this, the resident goddess here was Madame Pele. And what they did is they threw a bottle of gin into the crater to okay. make sure that they would get out safely. Here's what happened though. He missed. Oh shit. And the bottle landed near the crater wall instead of in the fire pit. Did they know this? Do you think? I don't know if they knew it because like at the time, what happens throughout the story is there's, because it's actively, erupting mm -hmm. there is a ton of smoke and there's a ton of um like gases in the air mm -hmm. so everything is kind of very smoggy in fact they actually call it um like whiteout conditions which i thought was funny because here in cleveland we don't have volcanoes we do have snowstorms and often when there's too much snow you can't see in front of your car it's a whiteout condition it's a whiteout. yeah same thing i guess happens with volcanoes oh, and all the see. eruption that goes so on. they couldn't see it so they couldn't see it so i'm thinking they didn't know it didn't go in plus I mean, are they really that superstitious? I don't know. No, they're probably just paying respects to yeah. whatever. But yeah, or like, why not? You know, like right. if we're going to put our lives on the line, we might as well, you know, Go give, our, give ourselves a little insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it didn't hit. It hit on the outer wall. So the helicopter skimmed along in low visibility near the spot where they actually missed and the gin bottle landed. And that's where trouble began. Oh, shit. So I feel like Madame Pelly was like, she's like, give me my gin now. Or I'm going to punch you in the face. Or maybe she wanted fireball. I don't know. You want Listen, fireball. I get it. I understand. <laughs> don't so, give me a straight up gin. Give so me a straight up fireball. They were literally, um, they couldn't see where they were going because of all the, the smog and the gases. And they looked up just in time to see the wall of the volcano directly in front of them. Oh, my God. So the um, technician... Chris Duddy said, oh shit, we're dead. <laughs> no. His last words. But they weren't. Don't worry. A split second later, Benson saw the two rotator blades hit the wall and shear <gasps> off. And then the helicopter, um, which had been flying only about 10 feet above the floor of the crater, immediately plunged to the ground and broke apart into three pieces. Oh my God. So, but the, the crazy part about that is I think because they were so low, they actually, um, none of them really got hurt in any serious kind of way. So they all walked Thank away from yeah. this. Thankfully, they were flying low and not. Yeah. Um, so it says, though, within minutes, they were engulfed with the fumes and the gases and all that. Um, so it was really hard to breathe in the crater because. Yeah, because you, when you think about a volcano, you don't think about like I've never been on a volcano or near a volcano. So I would never yeah. think that there'd be gas. I mean, you yeah. know, like I remember learning about it like back in the day. Well, yeah. But you don't think about it really. So it said um, there were harsh fumes, hydrogen sulfide, and sulfur dioxide, which I think sulfur of anything, isn't it the stuff that smells like eggs? It smells like eggs. It smells like when you enter downtown Cleveland. <laughs> I love Cleveland, but sometimes it smells oh, like... Oh, it's not. I lived by the uh, largest natural sulfur spring <gasps> in America, Green Springs. It smells terrible every time you enter that city. Yeah. Yes. It's just eggs sorry green springs yeah. it's pretty gross yeah and i think cleveland sometimes smells like it, it because does. of this we have the factories the, and stuff the here. mines right yeah yeah um 
I will say I did go to um, Hot Springs in Colorado. Never been to one. You I should go. go. It's really fun. Uh, where did I go? Pagosa Springs. It was mm-hmm. the cutest little town. But um, we were super jazzed. This was my honeymoon, actually. We went into the Hot Springs, um, and it was cool because it was, like, snowing. <gasps> but... We were in, like, the hot springs. It was so fun. I would love that. And the only thing is, is, like, it's beautiful and it's cool, but it smells like rotten eggs. Yeah, but you get past that. You do. It's fine. Yeah. I will say, though, if you go and it's snowing, make sure you have shoes in between the hot springs because there's different pools you can go into. We didn't. And the first night, when you get out of that hot spring and you put your your wet foot on snow, Jesus, it's so cold. So and cold. your fe- and your feet are probably all like um, what's the word I'm looking for um, pruny pruny so mm. it's e- they're even more sensitive to yes. the cold or whatnot yeah the ne- we went twice while we were there to the hot springs and the second time we bought flip flops you learned your lesson yeah, yeah from the gift store okay so sulfur ash ash and all sorts of stuff stuffs happening. Uh, Determined to get out was Duddy, who is, again, the technician on this flight. Um, he had played football at Los Angeles Valley College. Um, and Benson, they both started climbing the nearest wall only to keep sleep, slipping back down because all of the loose cinder. So, like, mm. basically the walls, if you've ever touched, like, lava rock or, you know, it's it's very... Um, all the it, time. It, pour, <laughs> it breaks apart easily. Oh, does it? Yeah. So it's very, like, frail. Okay. Yeah. Especially probably the new stuff that's depositing. Mm-hmm. So um, the the one guy says, you grab onto the stuff and it crumbles under you. Eventually, Benson managed to reach a narrow ledge about 75 feet below the rim while Duddy was able to climb 30 feet higher. No. Yeah. So they're trying to basically climb out of this thing. Um, by then, none of the three could see each other. Terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yes. Um, and so the steam and fumes made it impossible to see each other. Um, Hosking, who was the pilot, stayed behind um, because he was trying to get the chopper radio to work. Um, he got it to work. He called Paramount, another mm-hmm. unit from Paramount Pictures. And two hours later, rescuers located them. The problem is Duddy and Benson were in particularly inaccessible spots in the crater. Oh. And I think they couldn't see them anyway. So um, rescue attempts by foot couldn't happen um, because they might, you know, you're risking other people's lives by having them go into an active volcano. So um, fog and clouds were closing in and the visibility was like zero at this point. Um, Benson and Duddy suddenly heard the sound of a helicopter helicopter hovering overhead. Um, So they started shouting to Hosking, who was still not in view. Uh, when they didn't reply, they assumed he had fallen or been overcome with fumes. So they basically thought their pilot was dead. Just the two of them at that point. Yeah. They're like, oh, shit. Two out of three. But, in fact, the helicopter had spotted Hosking through a break in the clouds, and they had lifted him to safety with, like, one of those... Um, Ladders? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also one of my biggest fears. Oh, God. I know. But if you're in a, if you're in a volcano, I'll take it. Yeah. I will get, get I will out. climb on that ladder. <laughs> I, All day you long. Can, you can drive me around the city on that thing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so darkness was falling, and Duddy and Benson, who thought their pilot was dead, uh, were both clinging to separate spots on ledges, and they couldn't see each other still. So uh, they couldn't sleep because they were like little, literally on these tiny ledges within the volcano. Mm-hmm. And so um, one time an hour, there was a park ranger who was at the very top at the rim. And once an hour, he would whistle down to them so that they would know that someone was still there. Oh, my God. Isn't that sweet? That's really sweet. So 
<clears throat> Benson said it was the greatest feeling in the world to hear that oh, whistle. I, bet. I mean, I bet you that's what kept them going. Too, yeah. Motivating them to hang on. So um, let's see. Very smart. They needed every encouragement and every ounce of fortitude they could muster. I obviously didn't write any of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> below them in the distance, a lava lake glowed bright yeah. red. Can you imagine that? No. I wonder how hot it was in there, too, because I'm not into hot weather. Uh-uh. Unless I'm near a pool or a and beach. And the smell and the hot Ugh. and just yeah. no thanks. And then there was a soaking rain, and it drenched them. Oh, that's I mean, it's, it's things like are every, just looking up. Everything yeah. that could go wrong is going wrong. Yeah. So, um, winds were turning cold. Uh, the next morning, the weather was even worse. Uh, Duddy said he started to lose hope. Um, he looked up the cliff and told himself, I can die trying to get out of here, or I can die waiting, curled up here in a fetal position. So, after shouting to Benson, whom he couldn't see, he said a prayer and took a deep breath and started climbing. No. Yes, oh. he starts climbing again. When he finally gets close to the top, after about an hour, the cinder wall was so crumbly that the only way he could climb it is if he stuck his arm through the cinder up to his elbows. That's how he had to hold on to the wall. I would die. Oh my I, God. No. How much effort did that take to get your hand through there? And where are his feet? Like well, how is he like, he's basically using his arms just to pull upper body. Up. Yeah. So, um, but here's the good news. One final heave near the top and he propelled himself out wow. and over the rim. Wow. Um, but here's the thing. Benson thought that Duddy's climb had ended in tragedy. Oh no. Because while Benson was climbing, or I'm sorry, while Duddy was climbing, a big chunk of the wall fell off and into the lava. He thought that was him. And he thought that was his friend. So is he still down on the ledge at this Benson point? Benson is still down on his ledge. He now thinks that the pilot and his friend are both dead. Oh my God. And then at that point you, you're going to think, I'm not going to try to climb this thing. Yeah. Oh no, I'm no. just going to stay right here. Exactly. So, um, let's see in a way that the whole ordeal suddenly seemed as incredible as any action film. He said, I was waiting for someone to yell cut <laughs> Benson had worked on movies like Terminator two and the Patriot games. But then he realized this isn't a movie. Like no one's going to no yell cut. Gonna, no one's going to, well, someone's trying to rescue you, but so again, that night he had no sleep. He lay awake with nothing but terrifying hallucinations. Um, at one point he saw an image of Madame Pele the redoubtable fire goddess, the one that they had thrown the gin to. Yeah. Um, he also pictured himself at the Rose Bowl with his wife, Stephanie, and their two children. Um, he said, all these faces of everyone I had known came to me. I heard maybe 2,000 voices, and every one of them said to me, you have everything to live for. You're a fighter. You're too young to die. And imagine this is, what, night two? Yeah, night two. You haven't slept. Yeah, you're, you think you're everyone, on a mini ledge in a volcano. Think everyone around you is dead. Right. And I would lose all hope. Well, good news. Good news is... The voices in his head turned out to be right. <laughs> this is Sip Survivor Pete. The good news, everyone lives. <laughs> well, not everybody, but um, most of them. So the next morning, a Maui pilot named Tom Hauptman braved near whiteout conditions. And he um, came in with a daring rescue. He held his chopper rock steady right over the crater and he let the like it was a swing that they dropped into the crater and um benson actually on the fourth drop they had to drop it four different times mm -hmm. before it was close enough for benson to grab it wow. grabbed it got on it got pulled out 
Uh, he dangled on a 70-foot cable Ugh. with a chair-sized basket on the end. No. But you know um, what? I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. It's better than being in a volcano. Yeah. Uh, they lifted me out of there and gave me the ride of my life, he said. Um, and then as he was leaving, he, he looked into the volcano and he said, Madame Pele, I beat you. <gasps> so, oh, I wouldn't say that yet. Mm-mm. I would wait till my ass was on the ground. <laughs> and then I'd say... <laughs> Look at this. I beat you. Not while I was still in the air. So all of them were pretty much fine. They had to recover from inflammation of the lungs and they've had wow. severe laryngitis, but they all came out pretty much without a, a scratch on them. So. I wonder what that reunion was like being like, you're alive and you're alive. Yeah. I mean, it had to be amazing. So that is a story. I, that's really cool. The, I've never heard that. Yeah, I hadn't either. So, and you um, have to watch Sliv- Sliver. Oh, I will. Sliver. Sliver. I can't even say it right. <laughs> Guys, I'm not drunk. I promise. No, she hasn't drank all of her fireball yet. I've been sipping it like a lady. Ooh, like a lady. I'm here. Oh, there's a there's a forklift. We're in a brewery, so there are things happening around us. There's a forklift that's driving by and making some noise. Hi. All right. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was mine. Love it. Thanks. Nice job. Thank you. So. Hey, everybody. We really hope you love Sip Survivor Pete. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to a charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on your iPhone or Android and have a, and we have a special code for you. Simply use our code SIPSURVIVE and you'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. You're welcome. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code SIPSURVIVE. I swear, it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. It did for me. And me. So mine is short, but I think it's pretty cool. So my story i won't tell you the name of the lady yet but it revolves around the empire state building Ooh, wait is it sleepless in seattle no okay so (laughs) (laughs) wrong (laughs) um so a little bit about the empire state building have either of you ever been no i've seen it i have not i haven't would you go up it yeah yeah i'd go to the top i'm afraid of heights i don't know that i I mean maybe i would i I feel like there's a cage around the top so there is but you know i feel fine okay so it's a 102-story skyscraper in Midtown Manhattan, New York, and it stands around 1,400 feet tall. It's the fifth tallest skyscraper in the U.S. and the 28th in the world. Little fun facts Ooh. for you both. Thank you. Um, there have been more than 30 suicide attempts at the Empire State Building. Oh. Did you know that? I didn't know that. The first occurred when the building was still under construction when a worker who was laid off threw himself down an open elevator shaft, which oh, is really sad. No. And then one of the most famous incidents um, took place on May 1st, 1947, when 23-year-old Evelyn McCall leaped to her death from the 86th floor um, observation deck. And um, she was very beautiful, everyone says, and she was wearing pearls and white gloves and landed on the roof of the limousine parked outside of a building, outside of the building. Oh, my God. So she landed perfectly with her arms crossed (gasps) and her legs crossed. Oh, God. Arms crossed and legs crossed. Thanks, Kenny. Um, Kenny's yelling at me because I don't, I'm not close enough to the microphone. 
we sorry gotta guys. get in here. Sorry guys. Um, so she she was photographed after this had happened, and the photo uh, just a few minutes after her death later ran in May twelfth, nineteen forty seven edition of Life magazine, which I think is a little gruesome, and I'm surprised oh. they did that. But it was the forties, so. Ah, and it was a suicide. Like there's some, you know, I I think it's in bad taste, but it is. Anyway, her death was given the title as the most beautiful suicide, which is (gasps) kind of creepy, but that's a terrible thing to name a suicide. I know. And it was also, the imagery was also used by visual artist, um, Andy Warhol in his print series, suicide. Mm. So just some background story of the empire state building. And, um, but this is actually the survival story of Elvita Adams. Oh, Okay. And Elvita was only 29 years old, and she lived in the Bronx. Uh, Unfortunately for her, one day she lost her job, and she was forced to just live on Social Security for under $100 a day. And she also had a 10-year-old son. Oh, no. So life was just really not going well for her, and um, she had a lot on her plate and was trying to make it. And um, she was unable to pay her rent. Her landlord threatened to kick her and her son out of their home, and she had nowhere else to go. She didn't have family. Um, so she found herself on the 85th floor of the Empire State Building. Um, looking down, I'm sure everything looked tiny and small and terrifying. And I can't imagine being in a space where that's that's your solution or choice. Right. And that's such a scary way to go. I'm not judging anyone that knows someone that has been through that. But I feel like you've got to be in a really bad place to be willing to jump off 85 stories. Yeah. Um, so she... So around the 85th floor of the observation deck, there is, there's a wrought iron fence with spikes. Mm-hmm. So she had to have climbed that wrought iron fence in order to stand out on the ledge, um, which she did. Oh, no. And, um, I mean, I can't even climb a three-feet fence. So imagine climbing a – I'm assuming it was, I you can know, barely five climb feet. my stairs, <laughs> right? to be honest about it. I know, it. I know. Um, so just as she uh, made the choice to jump, a 30-mile-an-hour gust of wind – swept through the city and actually was so strong, pushed her back onto the 84th floor below. (gasps) So she jumped off the 85th floor and a huge gust of wind came through and pushed her back on the 84th floor below. No. And she lived. What? She walked away with just a broken hip. Jeez. Okay. I know. So she was saved by, she was miraculously saved um, by security guards and again only suffered a broken hip. And uh, afterwards in the hospital, she claimed that it wasn't suicide, that she was just trying to get a better view of the city or was just trying to get a perfect picture. A perfect picture, not a selfie. (laughs) That probably wasn't a thing. (laughs) It wasn't a thing. What year was this again? Um, I believe it was in the 40s. Oh, this was all the way back in the 40s. Yeah, I think so. Man. I don't have the date written down. All right. Well, she, I feel like. But we can find it. I feel like. It could also have been the 70s. Okay. Uh, well. It was it, it was very hard to find a lot of information on her because she was very private after it happened, which I understand. Yeah. You know, she, I think, got a lot of slack from the press because it was a suicide attempt. And she came back and said that it wasn't. And the police pretty much said, well, you, ha- you had to climb the the fence the wrought iron fence and to get out there to get out there so uh, the point is is that she was out there and augusta wind saved her life and the chances of that happening are it, they don't happen and um she was quoted as saying i'm not sure if the wind pushed me back or pushed me off 
in the hospital. So she, you know, up to that point, she never claimed it was a suicide attempt, but hopefully she got the help she needed or, or whatnot. But, um, it's still unclear to this day. They don't know what, you know, what the actual cause was or, or what her intention was. And, and no one has heard from her since. Oh I mean, they gosh. think she's still alive, but no one really knows. She kind of disappeared from the public's eye. Cause I did, a, I did extensive research. So the story caught my eye because I was like, how, holy shit. Like, can you imagine like standing there jumping off and then a gust of wind pushes you back and you're, you're still on this earth when you're thinking you're just going to plummet 85, you know, stories, stories to the ground. And, um, she just kind of disappeared after that. And I just thought it was an interesting story and it's short, but yeah, but it's still crazy. Like you never, I mean, like you said in your mind, you haven't made up like whether it was suicide or not, but Mm -hmm. once you start falling, you're dead. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't, if people survive 85 story falls, please let us know. But I don't think so. No, I don't think people do. And up to that point, I mean, maybe not up to that point, but overall 30 people have taken their lives and I feel like with suicide attempts. So yeah, I, I feel not that I'm here to judge her, but I feel if you're going to go that extreme route to stand on the ledge, it probably was an attempt. But, um, the fact that she got a second chance of life is pretty, pretty amazing. I think. And hopefully she did something really badass and cool with it. I hope so. I bet you she did. I bet she did. I bet she like went back to school and like got a really great job Mm -hmm. and was like, Hey, old boss that, that, you know, fired fired me, me. shove it up your ass. And I bet the security guard that found her, like they fell in love. Yes. They had a passionate kiss on the 84th floor (gasps) and then they lived happily ever after. And they took care of her son. I even tried to look up her son, but his name's not anywhere. Yeah. So if you, if anyone listening knows the story or maybe knows someone that knows the story, it'd be great, but there's nothing else on her, but I just cannot believe that a 30 mile an hour wind saved her life and pushed her back on the That's floor nuts. below. I so, love it. Yeah. Yay. That's Elvita Adams who survived the empire state building. Great. Love it. Kenny. Yes. Do you have any weird news for us? I do. So I went. I went medical this week. Not a little less crime than usual. Okay. So nothing really to guess here. It's just kind of a crazy story. Okay. So Canadian scientists have developed a sperm obstacle course to ID the strongest seed. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. And what does this entail? Lifting weights? No, no, no. So <laughs> there's miniature benches. They just have to start bench pressing. It's uh, a device that hosts a microscopic competition between a hundred million sperm. When inserted into the microchip device, the swimmers go through a kind of regional qualifier obstacle course <laughs> to narrow <laughs> to narrow the field down to one thousand. No. And then, and then what what happens to the one thousand that make it? Uh, it's for in first vitro first fertilization. Serve. So it's oh. like oh, this is for in vitro. So it's to help uh, find the ones that will work out. So do they think, it. like, the strong ones won't be able to swim their way through? Like, aren't isn't that the reason they're strong is they're going to swim their way through anyway? I say I the guess. more the merrier. I don't know. Yeah. With, right? Yeah. I don't know, but I, mm. I'm still envisioning sperms lifting weights. I am, too. I have a visual of sperm. <laughs> like a cartoon sperm lifting weights. Like yep. American with, oh, Ninja with, Warrior. <laughs> with like a sweatband on, yes. on his little head. Of course he has a sweatband on. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, doing, like, pull-ups and push-ups and weights. I, do you think that's also, like, messing with fate a little bit? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Possibly. I just, I, again, I just feel like, why would you reduce the amount? Even if you are getting, like, right. the best swimmers, like, 
get in there all of you yeah like would, i'd rather have like a million to yeah. one chance than a thousand one chance but, but maybe that's not really how odds work i don't think they do yeah i, don't, I wouldn't <laughs> math know. is not my jam i wouldn't know that's crazy so where is this being done somewhere in canada oh canada you canadians are amazing a. coming up with your science eh? <laughs> i can love it okay cool that's that's the weird story of the week. Not you know as gruesome as some of the past uh, ones. Sorry. are this weird. This is a later episode, but I like it. We you know. Yeah. Sometimes good, you need a. I mean, yeah. survival can be light. It can well, except for being thrown into a volcano. That wasn't light. Well, I mean, they didn't die. Yeah. And they didn't. They get all hurt. lived. Yeah. I mean, for what we have planned for next week, it was probably good to have a lighter yeah, one. Yeah, we plan to do gruesome ones. We don't know each other's stories, but we're we plan to do gruesome ones next week. So I feel we needed a little a pick little lighthearted episode. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, awesome, guys. Uh, love it. This is Sip. Survive. And repeat. And if you guys want to check us out, you can email us at sipsurviveorrepeat at gmail.com, sipsurviverepeat on Facebook and Instagram, and sipsurvive on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for another survival episode. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey guys, it's Jenny from Sip, Survive, Repeat, and we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple Podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you a sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon.